Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I had people where I'd pitch to them and they'd say things to me like, Oh, I really wasn't looking forward to meeting you and I met you as a favour to so-and-so. But actually, after meeting you, your business is remarkable and you're amazing and would love to invest. And they didn't even realise that they're giving me this, you know, backhanded compliment. You're listening to Short Black with me, Sandra Sully. Good women, great chat. It's my great pleasure to welcome to Short Black today the Australian Women's Weekly's Woman of the Future. The winner this year is a 28-year-old based in Melbourne. Her name's Natasia Nicolau. Natasia, congratulations. And what does it mean for you? Thank you. I'm so, by the way, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's honestly a true honour. I was completely shocked. Was not even expecting to be a finalist, let alone a winner. But it's a really special initiative that Women's Weekly do because as a young female founder, we're not often spotlighted or celebrated. It's usually quite hard for us to get traction and recognition. And so by winning this award, it's A, been an amazing spotlight for the business, but B, the actual prizes that are kind of associated are actually really helping us get to our next stage. Well, obviously the prize is valued at over 100000 and it includes a $40,000 investment from Latrobe Financial, which, you know, from a business perspective is really a great kick along. And in terms of brand recognition, your point of difference was you created and founded Australia's first water-responsible beauty brand called Conserving Beauty. Give us the background and what made you go down this path? I've always been heavily involved in the beauty industry and social justice, and I kind of wanted to unite the two. I studied science at university and majored in biochemistry. And then I went on to work in ethical sourcing, sustainable supply chains and product development, all for beauty products. And I just kept thinking like, there's got to be a better way to create products that will not only be great for our skin, but equally great for the planet. And for me, I feel like there was kind of this lack of understanding about what it really means to be a sustainable beauty brand and what it really means to create a product that's actually going to have a good impact. And it's not just about being vegan or having a refill packaging or recyclability. So I was like, let me map a whole product life cycle. Let me look at every single stage and think about ways to help save water, carbon and waste. And that's exactly what we do. We make products without water and we have non-for-profit partnerships and research projects to actively save water, carbon and waste along the way, which is really exciting. It's also really empowering as a consumer to know that the products you're purchasing and you want to purchase can actually make a difference. Do you think most people have a clue about how much water is consumed in the production of everyday products they use, let alone beauty products? No, I really think there's a lack of understanding. I think customers really understand waste and recyclability and their footprint there. But I really don't think we talk enough about water and how much water is used to create everything, our clothes, our food, our transport, our beauty products, like everything has a huge water footprint. 
And then like from the beauty industry's perspective, we have just become so heavily reliant on water because we use it as the main ingredient in pretty much every product. Most products are filled with 70 to 90% water and it's not necessarily in the formulation to give your skin a direct benefit. So I'm like, well, why are we putting bottles of plastic, filling it up with 70% water, preservatives, fragrances, and then just a sprinkle of the good stuff that's going to actually help your skin? That was kind of the precipice for it. But I think that part of the reason why we're doing what we're doing at Conserving Beauty is also to kind of shine a light on letting people know that there is a huge water footprint involved in the ways that they can help get involved and save their own personal water footprint and reduce it. It's been a really, really nice full circle moment because I would say that we're as much a beauty brand as much as an impact brand. Yeah, I think I'm a bit gobsmacked when I hear you say between 70 and 90% of all beauty products are actually full of water. You know. I mean, what are we being sold? Exactly. And like, if you have a look, I mean, I'm sure you'll probably go to your beauty cabinet after this and it's always aqua as the first ingredient. You know, sometimes you need water in a formulation to help with the consistency or you need it for a water-soluble ingredient, but more often than not, it's kind of used as an affordable solvent to kind of make up the bulk of the formulation. And I just kept thinking, why are we using so much water when growing up in Australia, we've had to have so many droughts, we've timed our showers, we've had crazy water restrictions over the years, and those restrictions, I'm sure, will come back in time, given that we're living in a global water crisis. So why are we shipping bottles around with water when we can help take it out and just give people the good stuff and we can map along the supply chain ways to help reduce our water footprint along the way? It's not enough to just take it out of products. It's like, what else are we doing to innovate and help save water along the way of creating a product? Which was why we partnered up with the group in the Netherlands. They're called the Water Footprint Network and they're the leaders in water footprint assessment globally. And so we've actually been leading a custom research project with them to measure our exact water footprint so we can work out exactly how much water we save other ways to do it and we can more importantly transparently show that with people who buy our products so they know when they buy something from us they can save x water x carbon and x waste and i feel like that's another thing that the beauty industry has been lacking that traceability and that tangibility when it comes to like sustainable claims because i feel like there's a lot of fear mongering when it comes to sustainability and rather than stripping that all away we can actually just show people what we're doing and how we're doing it yeah, what's really important, Natasha, is you, you actually connect the dots for us. You know, we consumers are sometimes blinded by sales campaigns and wanting to do the right thing, but it's hard to be able to sift through and find your way in a foggy night through to some clarity. Yeah, I agree. And I just feel like there are so many brands out there. There are so many products out there that are great, but I feel like there hasn't been a brand that's really solution focused. Of course, when you're launching a beauty brand, of course, the products need to be good. But what if they could be just as great for the environment? I just felt like there, there wasn't that brand. There wasn't that business that was problem solving. And there wasn't that business that was going to kind of tackle the greenwashing claims that the industry makes. So, yeah, I'm hoping that we can at least not only make people's skin feel better, but also touch on some important themes there and help educate in terms of sustainability. When I look at your journey, you work for and with Elle McPherson at Wellco. You say she's been a mentor for you. Tell me about that relationship and where does it stand now? Elle's been an amazing mentor. I worked with her for years at her business, Wellco, and we just formed a really special bond. And so now she's kind of mentored me along the way, but she's also joined the board at Conserving Beauty. So we have an all-female board of directors, and I'm proud to have Elle as one of our board members, which is really exciting. 
Bit of an understatement, Natasia. I mean, that's a global coup, surely. <laughs> Do you pinch yourself sometimes? Definitely. But, you know, I definitely pinch myself sometimes, but I feel like other founders would probably relate. I feel like we're so on the go and focused on the next thing that I don't often stop and reflect, you know, what I've been able to achieve or what we've been able to achieve as a business or who I've been able to work with and pull in. So, no, I definitely think, I think the people that have surrounded us have been probably the key reason why we've been able to do so well because I can't do it on my own and I need experts who have already done things. Like Elle's a really great example. She was totally before her time. She was a true pioneer in her space. She was the first supermodel to really capitalize and license her likeness for brands. We now look at influencers and, you know, they, they put their name to brands all the time or businesses, but Elle was kind of one of the first people to do that. So it made sense because we are also trying to be pioneers in our space. So to have someone kind of help guide me and lead the way and, and give great business advice and also founder advice is definitely really, really unique and special for the business. Now, if your background is biochemistry, but you've latched onto a great business idea and you've got some good mentors to help you make the business a success. You're currently stocked in Mecca in Australia and New Zealand. Where else? And, and what are your immediate plans to do with this recent win with the Australian Women's Weekly? Yeah, we launched end of last year direct to consumer. So it was November 26th. So we haven't even been in market for 12 months, which is kind of crazy when I think about it. But I was working on the business for two years before then. I was formulating, I was trying to work out business plans and how to get it off the ground. I actually ended up pitching to Mecca a year before we launched, just hoping that they would think this idea was great and it would eventually be on the shelves. And so when we launched as kind of their first real startup brand in April, it was pretty epic. And I would definitely say a, a huge dream come true. And they've been nothing but an amazing partner. But we also just launched about two weeks ago in the UK with an amazing, amazing retailer called Cult Beauty. And we're launching another six from January onwards, which is crazy, across United Kingdom and Europe. We are also the first beauty brand globally to be able to have impact investors. So impact funds, they only back businesses that have a positive impact on the planet. And there's no other beauty brand that's been able to do that. So not only have we got one, we've got two, which is pretty remarkable. And I'm super proud. It was really important to me. We've also got a women's fund called the Alice Anderson Fund, and that's a government fund in Victoria. And they back women in life science and technology, which I think is really special. They only launched last year. So we're kind of in their first group of founders, which is really, really cool. And then the, the private equity firm that I worked with for years called The Foundry, they're now called Vera Ventures. They came on as well, and they only back the next wave of beauty and wellness founders. I guess the fever pitch nature of your topic and your angle in your business means it's very easy to open doors, isn't it? Because everyone wants a piece of it. I think so. But equally, you know, at the same time, I think people look at me and I had this when I was trying to raise capital, you know, great, a young 28-year-old female in beauty I don't know about this. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's reservations between being a female and being young because only 2% of global venture capital funding goes to female founders. And that's, that's insane. And then if you looked at that number, the women under the age of 30, it's like 0.0000 something. And so already like the odds are technically stacked against me. And, you know, I had people where I'd pitch to them and they'd say things to me like, 
oh, I really wasn't looking forward to meeting you and I met you as a favour to so-and-so. But actually, after meeting you, your business is remarkable and you're amazing and we'd love to invest. And they didn't even realise that they're giving me this, you know, backhanded compliment and kind of had their own views of what I was going to be. So I think, yes, I think people definitely want to align with the mission and they love what we're doing and our product's different and innovative and has patented technology, but people still kind of had their preconceived notions backing a young woman, definitely. That seems duplicitous to me because they don't say that about young men who are ambitious and have great ideas. That's right. How have you managed to deal with that and counter that argument? That's just the ongoing frustration, isn't it? It is the ongoing frustration and I'd love to not have to say it. I'd love to be in a place where it really didn't matter if I was a female or a male founder, but I remember being in meetings and boardrooms with other people pitching and a young male would come and everyone would be like, oh, amazing, this upside's going to be awesome. And then a, a female would come in and pitch and they'd be like, oh, I don't know, risk, 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 risk. Like what's the downside? And, and I don't know why people kind of had that lens when women are just as powerful as male voices. And so for me, it, it took a little bit of a rude awakening the first few times I pitched. I wasn't probably expecting it to be judged by me. I really wasn't. It's was probably a bit naive on my end. But then after a while, I'm like, you know what? I'm doing something different. I'm doing something innovative. It's going to be amazing. And if you're smart enough to work that out, right, come on the journey and invest. And if you're not, then you've, you've sadly missed out and that's your problem. Do you know what I mean? So I just kind of changed my mindset and I just went in with confidence knowing that the business had a solution that was uniquely different to others and hoped that people would work it out. And they did. And I, I'm so proud of all my investors. I have probably the most amazing investors and the most amazing board members. But I guess I had to kiss a few toads to kind of find that, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> we all do if the truth be known, it's us. <laughs> yeah. But um, and in many respects, really, you've told us why someone like the Australian Women's Weekly does these awards because women in STEM are still finding it tough, still finding a double standard, and that's frustrating. There definitely is. That's why I chose to have all female board of directors, like an independent to my other investors, just because I am probably only here because of all the strong women in my life who have taught me, led the way. And I saw so many beauty businesses where they were creating products for women, but the board was all males and they wouldn't necessarily understand the product development or the solutions that women needed because they weren't one of us. And so for me, not that my product is only geared at women. It's not. It's absolutely gender neutral. But most of the part, 85% of our customers are females. And I really wanted there to be a strong female focus and a strong female lens for an Australian beauty brand. And so that's why I chose to have all women on my board at this time. That might change over time, but for now, that's really something I'm proud of. It appears to me on paper, you know, you're head and shoulders above most in your industry and most of your competitors the world is your oyster. I feel like I've had definitely like a unique experience and a unique career. I feel like a lot of brand founders in my space are typically marketers or sales experts. And I kind of come from this unconventional path of science nerd turned supply chain and ethical sourcing product development background. But then I kind of overlaid a few years with commercials. So it's definitely been a unique kind of background to be able to come up with something different. But I feel like because of that, I was able to help get the patented technology for our dissolvable fabric 
And I feel like that's one of the most things I'm proud of in the business. The world's first fully dissolvable makeup wipes. Our fabric, ironically, dissolves in water after use and it breaks down completely within 60 seconds, leaves no microplastics, leaves no waste behind. And when I found the fabric and the patent, it was currently used in the med tech space for burn victims and wound care. And I just kept thinking, wow, imagine combining that fabric and using it with our waterless formulations to really create amazing single-use products that we all want to use things like makeup wipes and sheet masks and under eye masks and all the great single use products but without the huge detriment to the planet and so when we got the patent exclusively for beauty and personal care and launched our first dissolving makeup wipes we sold out in two weeks the reception has been really remarkable but i feel so proud because 75 percent of sewage blockages in australia are caused from conventional wet wipes and i think it's about 93 percent in the uk and that's crazy so the fact that the business is able to have a positive impact and have the first ever dissolving makeup wipe and we make them in Australia is remarkable. And with the Women's Weekly Award, we're able to actually purchase our next machine to be able to produce them at a higher speed. And you'll laugh, like the prize money was 40 grand and our machine cost about 39.50s. I feel like in a way it was meant to be. <laughs> so perfect. You said you managed to get the patent for the beauty product industry. Did you own the science or you just own the patent? We licensed the patent exclusively. But is it your science? No, we collaborated. So their patent already existed. Then we made some tweaks to make it more friendly to our beauty products and our formulations. And then we overlaid our formulations to infuse the fabric with all of our ingredients on top of it. So that's our IP and that's our science. It's an evolution of the base patent. Right. In terms of the base patent, are you aware of who developed that originally? Yeah, absolutely. So it was originally developed in the UK by a group called McCormick Innovation. And we met through mutual supply chain connections. And the founder, Brian, and I instantly connected when we first met. And he was actually in talks with another beauty conglomerate to take it with them to market. And he put it on pause and we kind of just instantly made a connection because we were both in it for the right reasons and we both actually wanted to make an impact and yeah it's been a beautiful partnership and I'm actually really grateful to have them as our partner along the journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. for social justice and sustainability come from because that's clearly driven your career choices oh there's definitely been a few people along the way I would definitely say social justice came first my parents my mom and my stepdad in particular they raised us by 
always leading with putting people first and there's always someone else you can help. And so we were exposed from a super young age about volunteering. We were always dragged along, whether that was to soup kitchens, whether that was to the Red Cross, whatever we were doing, the Starlight Foundation at the Children's Hospital, we were always exposed. And so I instantly felt like I'm so blessed and privileged in my life and so many other people aren't and how can I help them? And then I moved high schools when I was about 14 and I went to a school where social justice was really celebrated and they had so many opportunities. So I just got heavily involved in that. I was also a bit of a science geek. And then when I started studying science in university, I just kind of kept thinking about other ways and other solutions. And then when I found myself working in beauty, I was like, hang on a minute, why can't I unite my two loves? Because I've always kind of loved the beauty industry. I've always been involved in social justice what can I do here? Like surely there's something I can create and be part of the solution. When I talk to successful people like yourself, the constant thread through the conversation is why not? You never see anything is too big a hurdle. You have this can-do attitude, don't you? I think some, my, my fiancé 10 years ago, we've been together for a really long time, he told me ages ago, he's like, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And he is spot on. I feel like I've adopted that in everything I want to do. Like if I want to create something or if I want to do something, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to find a way. I will find who has the answers. I don't need to have them all, but I will be uber resourceful and find a way to make it happen and make it work. And I genuinely believe that's probably the only reason why I am here right now. You've just got to have it in you. Do you ever get exhausted? Because it takes a lot and it's constant. Yeah. To make things happen. It has to come from incredible drive and energy and sometimes you burn out the people around you with your drive and passion and you've got to, correct me if I'm wrong, you've got to kind of target your audiences and make sure you don't burn people out around you because you're, you know, you are the soaring kind of meteor and it can create a share of kind of. You're right. You're absolutely right. Because, you know, you're on a mission. Wow. That's actually so true. And I feel like it's probably not talked about enough. Like I laugh when you're like, are you ever exhausted? I'm like every day, you know, I go to bed at midnight, I'm up at five. I don't sleep much, but that's just become my life. And I think the people around you obviously matter and that they're the most important, but sometimes you really have to make sacrifices and choices that might not be putting everyone else first and you're putting the business first. And that can be really tough. Yeah, and I think I think too sometimes if you say I sign up, I don't have a right to complain. Yeah, yeah. But you do have to look after yourself. You know that, don't you? I probably don't do it enough. And I feel like I'd be lying if I said that I have the perfect wellness balance alongside this. You know what I mean? I don't believe anyone does, Natasha. Yeah, it's tough. I just don't have it. But I'm working on it and I'm working with my business coach on making things a little bit healthier for me and a little bit easier. I think the best piece of advice I've been given about that has been you need to have a warm-up and a cool-down to your day. You can't just wake up and run to your laptop or finish at your laptop and run to bed. You've got to do things where you're kind of easing into the day for yourself, for your mental health. So I'm trying, trying my best to kind of adopt that. Well, you answered my next question, which is, you know, you've got to make sure you manage yourself so that you survive this meteoric rise. So clearly you're taking those steps. When we look at the Conserving Beauty range, what would be your favorite? My favorite product. Mm. I feel like I change my mind every week what the favorite product is. They're like, they're, my, they're each my, my, um, my kid, I guess you could say. This week, it just has to be my day dissolver makeup wipes. Absolutely. Because 
we were out of stock because we sold out for so long. And now I've been able to, I wasn't even buying them because I was like, I can't buy them. What do you mean customers we have a wait list? Like I have to go onto the shelves of Mecca and go buy them. And so I did the other week. And so I'm back using them and I'm just felt re fell in love with why we created them in the first place, because they're completely different to a normal makeup wipe. They are not water and alcohol based. They're not drying. They're kind of infused with almost like an oil-based cleanser. So it legitimately takes your makeup off and it's super nourishing. And I just re-fell in love with them. And I'm like, yeah, it's a special product. It's a different experience. What's happened for you since you were announced winner of the Australian Women's Weekly Women of the Future Award? Has there been any really exciting pinch me moments since it all happened? Because it's only just happened. What do you mean? I'm sitting here with you right now on your podcast. That's exciting. That's really exciting. <laughs> Checks in the mail, girlfriend. No, seriously. No, seriously. This is actually exciting. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I was joking to someone the other day. I'm like, I have always won participation medals. I've never really won awards. So for this to be my first big proper award and to have a bit of a trophy and meet other great women, other female entrepreneurs, like-minded people, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's super surreal. I didn't think that any of that was going to happen. Yeah, and I think a lot of people hesitate about going for awards like this. I mean, I've always applauded this during Women's Weekly. What it does for young women, it elevates their stories, provides a platform to talk about and be excited about the future, about what so many young women are doing in their everyday that just blows you away. I know. And even listening to everybody's speeches, like all of the finalists and hearing their journeys and each tackling their own challenge and problem solving in their own unique way. And everybody was completely different, but everybody was equally inspiring. And I feel like that's what it's all about in the first place. We're spotlighting women who are doing great things to change the world and let's work out ways to help everybody so everybody can kind of succeed along the way. And so, yeah, I'm so honoured for Women's Weekly for even having this initiative. They've really unearthed some some genuine beauties, pardon the pun, <laughs> not just inside and out, but from the business world, they really have elevated some extraordinary young Australian women, such as yourself. Tell me, when you look at um, the trajectory for the next, say, three to five years, where do you see the business being or where do you want it to be? I would love to be a key player in the beauty industry and kind of have created this water conservation movement and knowledge within the industry and so that people will be able to be like yeah I know about waterless beauty yeah I know that we need to conserve water as, as a customer but I also hope we've got huge global aspirations we just launched in the UK as I mentioned a bit earlier and we've got six more retailers that we're launching with over the next six months which is pretty wild and I'd love to be able to have a wider presence so that accessibility can become easy for other people in different countries to be able to use our products and our solutions. I'm excited. To get your products around the globe, what decisions do you have to make in terms of those supply chains and making sure that your footprint is as sustainable as it can be? That's a very timely question because I'm literally at the moment, now that we've just launched in the UK two weeks ago, we have automatically started working on another local supply chain in Europe. We're going to manufacture in Italy so we can be closer to that hub because you're absolutely right. As much as I'd love to continue manufacturing in Australia forever, it just doesn't make sense. And I feel like localized supply chains are definitely the solution for using less resources, less shipping, less carbon emissions, less water footprint. So we are already working on our supply chain setup over there so we can fulfill those other new six retailers and be able to do it in a more sustainable manner. And I guess we will continue to do that as we expand on each continent. 
yeah, I'm really proud of our decisions along the way to make sure that we're not just growing at every cost, at every hurdle. Do you know what I mean? Equally for our business, but also for the planet. Well, Natasha Nicolau, the world is your oyster. I can't uh, be more sincere when I say congratulations on being the 2022 Australian Women's Weekly Woman of the Future. At 28, your success model so far is something to behold. And um, we will watch on with interest as your meteor soars because it is shining bright. Congratulations for all you do. Well done. And thanks for spending some time with us here at Short Black. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to Short Black, a Network 10 podcast. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe in your favourite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.